If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, or at least since we changed our email some time ago, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com, slash Todd Huff Show. For those of you who want to watch the program and see that, yes, I do, in fact, have a face for radio. Good to be here and Thank you for joining us. I want to start today by reading from this article uh, that Pastor Robert Jeffers um, has written, posted at, dare I say this, don't get mad at me for this, Fox News. I know many of you, and rightfully so, are upset at Fox um, for calling Arizona when it did, for jumping in line and calling um, Joe Biden, the president-elect, which, of course, he's not the president-elect. He may be, and we'll talk about that as time comes together, There's only, or as, as the program unfolds, I guess, and um, as we get to the, that point in the process. But um, there's a couple of news organizations out there that are not calling it for anyone yet, those being the Epic Times, um, Newsmax, I think. Uh, I think one American news network. But beyond that, uh, everyone else has called this race, of course, for Biden, even though there are lawsuits and recounts in, I believe it's six states, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, Nevada, or Nevada, as Trump says, and Arizona. So, it's how you all call you know how those are all called. Fox has it at two ninety for Biden, two seventeen for Trump. Um, and even if the state of Pennsylvania, which to me seems to be the one most likely to have problems for for Joe Biden, that particular state has twenty electoral votes. And if that um, if Pennsylvania is, is flipped because of the counting of ballots past deadlines and all that sort of stuff that we see uh, being accused in, in, in Pennsylvania, particularly Philadelphia and uh, to, a, I think, a lesser extent, Pittsburgh. But nonetheless, if that happens, Biden's still at 270, which is what uh, what you need to become president of the United States. And so people say, look, Biden's going, going to win this thing. And then I've seen some erroneous comparisons. And people say, well, you know, Florida back in 2000 when Gore 
uh, was challenging the results there. That came down to 537 votes, and that was just that was just one state. You know, it's mathematically impossible for all these things to go into Trump's uh, Trump's favor. Now, I, I agree with that under normal circumstances, but folks, this is not just recounts we're talking about. We're talking about allegations of of mass fraud, not just dead people voting, but ghost people, as some um, some folks have, have termed voters who never even existed. There's there are serious allegations out there, and and again, as I've said before, and I stand by this. I stand by this one hundred percent. I don't understand what's so hard to understand about this. I think I think people have, uh, in, in many cases, made up their minds based upon. An old adage that I learned many years ago, the mind will justify what the heart desires. If, if people believe that uh, you know, the, if in their heart they want Joe Biden to win, they'll justify the media calling it for Joe Biden. If people want Trump to win, they'll justify um, – you know, they'll, they'll be upset that the media called it for Joe Biden. And we all are human and we have those tendencies, but I think – if we can take a deep breath and take a step back, it's clear that there's there is absolutely unequivocally fraud in this country. There's no question about it. The question isn't or not isn't whether or not there is fraud. That is not the proper way of discussing this. There absolutely is fraud. It's just like saying, is there any theft in the United States of America? Well, of course there's enough that there's theft. The question is whether these things become big enough factors to um, be considered epidemics or larger problems, or in the case of the election, is it big enough of an issue to actually change the outcome of an election? And that's what we're looking into. It's not whether or not fraud exists. Of course fraud exists. There's countless examples. People keep saying, show us the evidence. (sighs) <sighs> there, of course there's evidence. It's, per, it's, it's preposterous to say that there's no evidence. Maybe you say that the evidence is only for a handful of ballots. Okay. Maybe you say uh, that, you know, that there couldn't be a big enough swing in the votes. Okay, but to say there's no evidence is simply not being, being fair. So with that as our kind of foundation here, I want to read to you from this article, Pastor Robert Jeffries. Um, he is a Fox News contributor. I know that's a bad word to say on this uh, on this show right now, but just bear with me. I want you to just to hear this because I want to talk about this, and I think I think this is important. I have a lot of respect uh, for Pac- uh, Pastor Jeffries, and he's he's been on Fox in the past. He has been a defender of President Trump. He is uh, what he's he's a, an advisor, I think, or some. I don't know if it's formal, but he's um, he's helped. He's been involved with President Trump, kind of as a in a spiritual capacity. Um, so he knows him. He's he's campaigned with him and all these sorts of things. But the question is uh, that he raises is Biden, well, he says this. This is his headline, not mine. Biden is president-elect. Of course, it's written at Fox News. For all I know, Fox News made him title at this because Fox News, I, I watch I watch these folks, and I, you know, when I watch this, I'm glad that I don't, um, glad that I get to come on this program. I don't have to clear what I'm about to say with anybody. 
you know, I see some of these folks at Fox now, and I can see that 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 the 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 network or the the organization has told the folks on Fox News you have to you have to talk about Biden being president elect on this on this uh, on our channels on our media you have to do this and I don't have to do that and I'm thankful thankful for that again it doesn't mean that Biden will not be I hope and pray that he is not president elect but we are not there yet you can make odds people folks people are still betting on this stuff people still have there are still betting odds let me tell you this people who take betting odds don't allow you to place bets on something on that have a one that that have already happened you can't go back and place a bet on the 2020 super bowl you're not allowed to do that you are allowed to bet on things that have not yet happened i mean that th- this is as clear as day to me and i think it's as clear as day as anybody who wants to uh wants to look at this this election is not is not over it may be but there are things left uh, to play out there's evidence that is going to be presented and this will move up the ranks of the courts ultimately quite possibly some of these all these i don't know cases will end up at the supreme court but anyway with that in mind, I want to talk about this. Biden, Pastor Robert Jeffrey says, is the president-elect. How should Christians respond? You know that if you've listened to this program for any time, not only am I a conservative, I'm a Christian conservative. He has a couple of sub-questions here. What is God doing in this outcome? Why would he allow this to happen? Dr. Robert Jeffries, foxnews.com. Here's what he has to say. It appears, it appears that former Vice President Joe Biden will become the 46th President of the United States on January 20th, unless President uh, Trump succeeds in legal challenges for the count, uh, to the counting of votes in several states. For millions of Christians across our nation, this is a bitter, no pun intended on conservative, not bitter talk, but this is a bitter pill to swallow. I'm sure many of you listening to my voice today can relate to that. You don't like the idea of there being um, a president, Joe Biden, and do not misunderstand. That is that is not the case yet. It may be, but we're not there yet. They want you to believe that this is a foregone conclusion. They want it firmly, they being the media, they being the Democrat Party, firmly established in your mind psychologically that Joe Biden is president. In fact, yesterday, out there naming a chief of staff, um, talking about – well, talking about a lot of crazy stuff, including, by the way, national national shutdowns, national COVID shutdowns. Buckle up for this if Biden's president. Four to six weeks, they think they can have this elect. Um, if we just all hunker down, as Governor Holcomb will tell it, just hunker down, Hoosiers helping Hoosiers, just taking care of each other. We're all in this together. Kumbaya and the rest of the stuff. But anyhow... Get ready for some sort of a national um, lockdown if, God forbid, Biden is is president. So, But I know that many of you as Christians, I know that many of you are Christians, professing Christians, church-attending Christians. You have problems. You don't like the idea of a Biden presidency for a lot of reasons. In fact, reasons that run counter to your faith. At the top of the list, I would say, is Biden's position on abortion. 
you would say, Todd, as a Christian, I have a very difficult time um, supporting a president who believes in abortion or a president who wants to take away a right that God has given us, which is namely the Second Amendment. This guy wants Beto O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke out there running um, his his gun confiscation campaign or whatever, his, his become a gun czar in this nation. And, and we know that Beto is a radical anti-Second um, Amendment guy. So there's concerns on that. There's concerns on Biden moving and, and embracing socialism, which socialism is not. I know many people out there will say to you, Jesus was a socialist. Jesus was not a socialist. What people don't understand is that socialism is a form of, of government. Jesus didn't even address. He dealt with governing authorities. Jesus came to the individual, and Jesus taught the church. That's the collective body of the individuals who believe upon him. He, that's who he was speaking to. He was speaking to those. Of course, I mean, he spoke to those who hadn't accepted him to get them to believe that he was the son of God, but he wasn't here to change a governmental system. He was here to change the heart of humanity. He was here to show us the way that we should live as individuals and to speak to the church, the, the body that would be responsible on uh, for carrying out his teachings throughout the generations to follow. So he wasn't here to change a government. They, they talked about the churches the New Testament talks about churches who shared possessions, certainly, but they didn't do it because of a government mandate. They did it because of their own free will, which is a much, much different different scenario. Not only that, when Jesus talked about helping the poor, he talked, he talked about you and me helping the poor. He didn't talk about the state of Indiana or the federal government helping the poor. He viewed that as something that the church should be intimately involved with instead of uh, at a distance— it's just a it's a different thing. It's a much different thing, and the United States used to work this way. But anyway, there's lots of reasons you may find a Biden administration um, to be a difficult pill to swallow. Pastor Jeffrey says a bitter pill to swallow, and I understand that. And so the question is, now what? Let's just assume, I just want to, again, I'm not throwing in the towel here. I don't want you to think that. Um, there are realities. Biden could absolutely be president of the United States, president-elect. That's absolutely true. I said that for months. So I don't feel like I'm saying anything different. We have a, a legal process that is yet to be played out. We have a hand recount in the state of Georgia, which is left to be played out as well. Not only that, we've got, a, we've got two Senate seats up for grabs in Georgia as well. Republicans now have 50 seats in the Senate. This was not a blue wave as they've tried to predict for months. This is not the blue wave at all. Um, and they are, it, but it does come down to winning at least one of those two seats to maintain power. Um, anyway, that's where we are today. But I want to continue going through this, this article here from Robert Jeffries because I think that it's just something that got me thinking about what our role is and this idea that uh, what, what does it really mean for God to appoint rulers and governments and so forth. I want to talk about all these things 
on the other side of this first timeout, which we have to take. Sit tight. Be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So reading, uh, talking about this article that Robert Jeffries at foxnews.com. Don't hate me for pulling a uh, article from there. I saw this, actually saw this somewhere else and followed the links. And lo and behold, I ended up on, on Fox News, uh, foxnews.com where he has, um, basically he's talking to Christians about, <clears throat> supporting or what to do, how to respond to the possibility of Biden being president of the United States, especially when Trump has been a friend of religious liberty and all these sorts of things. In fact, that's that's what he writes about here next. President Trump's strong policies on life and religious liberty would have seemed from our vantage point to be a better path for our country's future. Many of you may be asking, what is God doing in this outcome? Why would he allow this to happen? In January 2016, a year before President, uh, excuse me, a year before Donald Trump was inaugurated as president, I was flying around Iowa with the then businessman to campaign with him before the Iowa caucuses. We had just finished our elegant lunch of Wendy's cheeseburgers when I said to him, Mr. Trump, I believe you're going to be the next president of the United States. And if that happens to be, excuse me, if that happens, it will be because God has a great plan for you and for our nation. Robert, do you really believe that? He asked. Yes, sir, I do. I replied. Donald Trump then asked, okay, then If that's true, let me ask you a question. Do you believe it was God's will for Obama to be president? Yes, sir, I do. I said, Daniel 2.21 says that it is God who changes the times and the epics. He removes kings and establishes kings. Human governments and rulers, uh, Robert Jeffries writes here, change at God's direction and design. Our faith and our salvation lie not in any human ruler— but in the ruler of rulers, the king of kings. Amen to that, by the way. I've said before, government is not my God. That's why that's why you will not find me howling at the universe. You will not find me crying hysterically if, God forbid, Joe Biden becomes our president. You won't find that. The left wants that. In fact, I've gotten many, well, I shouldn't say many. I've gotten a couple of messages of people who voted for uh, Biden that are taunting, taunting me. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. In fact, I think it reveals a lot more about them than it does about me. Um, that's life. It is they, they'll act as they act, and um, that's that's of no concern to me. What is of concern to me is that I do serve a risen Savior, and that He is in control no matter what happens. So Robert Jeffries is right on this. He continues here. We have to remember. That even though the occupant of the White House is changing, the one who occupies the throne of heaven hasn't changed. Amen, and that is absolutely true. The fact that God, he continues here, has established authorities means that by obeying government, we obey God. The Apostle Paul told us, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist 
have been instituted by God, Romans 13, 1. Paul also told us to pray for all people, for kings and all those, excuse me, all who are in high positions, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now it's easier, he says, to submit and to pray for someone when he is uh, he was our preferred candidate. But the rubber really meets the road when the person who takes office is not the one we supported. Paul didn't give us any wiggle room. His command applies all the same, whether the emperor was the faith-friendly Constantine or the evil emperor Nero. Now, I want to pause here. I want to pause here. That's a lot of stuff to take in. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that Trump's chances are are zero. In fact, I heard one of our listeners on Facebook uh, says the odds of Trump and his estimation of winning this, pulling this thing out, are 25%. So there are there is an odd there are odds that Trump wins. We can debate what those are. I'm sure someone out there thinks that they're 90%, and there's someone out there that think it's there's someone out there that thinks it's 100%, and there's someone out there who thinks it's 0%. But there are some odds. There are some odds that uh, Trump will win this, and there are certainly odds that Biden wins this, percentages, chances, and so forth. So, um, but but let's 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 look at this and break this down because this is something that I think is important. I do believe, I do believe that um, as as professing Christians, we have an obligation to accept the outcome of the election. I also believe that as Christians or not, well, that that applies to everybody. But this this article is written to Christians, so that's how I'm speaking for the moment. But Christianity aside, we also have an obligation. We have an obligation because this nation is different from all others. You know, I'm I'm reminded, I'm reminded here as we're talking about God and and the Bible and so forth here. God allowed Israel to have a king, but folks, if if I am to be so blunt as to say it was not God's plan, you could say it was not God's will for Israel to have a king, because God God says I am I am your king, and so he he agreed he agreed to institute kings, and so it is both true. I believe you can make the case that it, yes, it was God's will. For there to be kings because he allowed that to happen. We know he allowed Saul and David and Solomon, and then we've got the kings of the divided kingdom and so forth. There were wicked rulers, there were there were good rulers, and there were kind of everything in between. But basically, what we what we hear about are the good, and we hear about the evil rulers and king, well, kings during those times. But God, that wasn't God's plan. He he told them, "I am." I'm your king. Now, it was God's plan in another sense because he allowed it to happen. And so I think we have to see it through through that lens. I think we have to see it through that lens. And this nation is is different, folks. You know, I look at the history of the world. Now, that doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't apply. Don't misunderstand me. But I, we're different than a lot of other people. I would say almost every other person that has walked uh, this planet. We live in a nation that... Um, is intended, I say that with a little bit of hesitation because of the change that we've seen in our government in recent times, but the government derives its power from the consent of the governed. We are a self-governing people, and dare I say, dare I say that this is the way, this is the best way to live this side of heaven, is not to have authoritarians 
in power over us is not to have people there who are uh, taking away our abilities to choose, make decisions for ourselves, for our families, for our businesses, not to have folks take those away. In one sense, I would say absolutely. It's not the will of God for people to to have those ideologies to be in power. Some really terrible and wicked and gruesome things have happened because of people like that throughout history. I mean, there's extreme examples, extreme examples from Joseph Stalin and Mao Zedong to Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, Fidel Castro, Hugo Chavez, right? Pol Pot, on down the line, gang. I mean, you go back in history and look at some brutal, brutal things. And so I think, yes, we have an obligation here to accept the outcome, to pray for our, our leaders, we are commanded to do that. But but we also have an obligation to stand up for what uh, for those ideas and beliefs that really are biblical and true and sound. Now, not everything political can be traced back. I mean, some some things are truly just preference, right? I mean, is it is it wrong, for example, that someone likes vanilla ice cream more than chocolate? I would say yes. Kidding. But that's not a matter of of right and wrong, of absolute truth. That's a matter of preference. Some things, likewise in politics, and the rest of life is a matter of preference. But there are things that are true. For example, example, it is true that life begins at conception. That's scientifically true. That's spiritually and biblically true. So therefore, as a Christian, I think God would expect this from us. We stand in support of pro-life. I think of pro-life policies, of, of things that protect the life of the unborn. I think that that's absolutely true. Now, to those who are in the pro-choice community who say, yeah, but you should care about the lives of people after they're born too. Yeah, not just when they're in the womb. Okay, I agree with that as well. But it depends with what you mean by that. Because if you're going to use that as an argument to say that suddenly now the government has to be involved, you're going to lose me because of what I said earlier in this program that I think that people should be free to make uh, – to do right freely versus do right coer- uh, through coercion. In fact, I think something coerced is never never a good thing. I think it's ultimately why God, uh, God left intact our ability to have free choice and to choose – that's a powerful thing. That is, that is unique. That's what you makes us you uh, makes us uniquely human. That makes us a reflection of God. We have the abilities to choose. These are one of the ways that we are execute our, um, I guess, demonstrate our that the fact that we're made in God's image is that we have this ability to make these these choices and to choose. And we lose this when we lo- when we lose a certain type of government over another. And dare I point out something else? And I don't want this to be misconstrued because I'm not calling I'm not calling for revolution and armed rebellion. But remember, like we we talk about the founders with this, I think reverence and respect as we should. These folks these folks didn't completely just submit to the king of England and allow things to allow their liberties and freedoms and, and you know to to go away and to fall by the wayside. And again, don't misunderstand me. I'm simply pointing out that. The line on this thing is not necessarily clear-cut. Yes, we should accept reality. Yes, we should pray for our uh, leader, if, if that is Joe Biden. 
But to say that, you know, God allowing it and God wanting that to be the outcome and that God fully embraces all the policies of Joe Biden, which I'm not saying Jeffries is saying here, but someone could extrapolate that from those statements. That is not at all the case. Right? I mean, it, it's it's inconsistent. We also know God doesn't change. So why would why why would God choose, depending on your definition of God's will, why would God choose one president to institute limited government to drain the swamp and then in the next four years bring someone in and appoint someone to who is the epitome of the swamp? Someone who has a lot of corrupt uh allegations of corruption out there as well. Why why, why that? Look, we have a role in this, and I don't always know where the line is, but I do know God's in control, and I know that we have responsibilities and that we have a obligation to stand up and to fight at this particular time to fight for the actual honest election results and to, once that is decided, to do our best to bring about healing. But that does not mean we compromise on principle. In fact, if these things are fundamentally true that we believe, we better be prepared to fight for these things um, with everything we've got. And I'm long in the segment. Got to take a break. Come back and continue this talk after the break. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Going through an article here that's written by Robert Jeffries, pastor, Dallas, I think, is where his church is, talking about he refers to Biden in the headline here. Now, no no idea if Fox made him do this or if he did this of his own free will, calling Biden the president elect, which he's not the president elect, not yet. I just this is not complicated stuff. It really isn't. But yet that's the narrative. In fact, I just got an alert from the New York Times. Yes, I get those. Uh, emails from the New York Times headline. I'm, I'm not going to forget about the article here that we're talking about, but headline uh, David Leonard says this Good morning. A president is trying to undo an election result. How would you describe that situation in another country? President is trying to undo an election result. The president is trying to get to the true election result. How about this? How about fake news makes up stupid headlines in America? How would you describe that if it happened in another country? David Leonard. These people are so blinded to truth they wouldn't know it if it smacked them up the side of the head. Anyway, back to the article here. I just have a couple minutes in this. Actually, I'm, I'm already over time on this segment because I was long last segment. But I want to finish this. I want to finish this. Here's what he says. This is kind of the, I guess, the... Uh, the whole point of his article, he writes this. This is him, not me. I'm not saying he's 100% wrong, but there's some, there's some things about this I don't agree with. Here is our chance to show, the, uh, show that Christians are not hypocrites. We serve a God who remains on his throne, amen, sovereignly reigning over every square inch of this vast universe, amen. We serve a God who loves us and will never leave or forsake us, amen. And now we have the chance to show the consistency and constant, uh, constancy of our Christian witness to the world. When Joe Biden becomes president, when is what he says here, 
we should commend him for the things he does right. Okay, all right. We should condemn him for the things he does wrong. That's right. Above all, we must fervently pray for our president. If President Biden succeeds, we all succeed. Uh, I don't know about that. May God bless Joe Biden and may God bless the United States of America. Two things I want to talk about here, and I'm going to have to do it after the break because I'm long in this segment. One, this idea that we get to show people that we're not hypocrites, number one. Number two, this idea that if Joe Biden succeeds, we all succeed reminds me of a uh, something Rush Limbaugh wrote about years ago that he took a lot of flack for, even though Rush Limbaugh was unequivocally absolutely correct. So timeout is in order. Timeout is in order. Do not panic. We'll be back here in just a minute. This idea, this idea that now suddenly we have a chance to prove to people the authenticity of our Christianity, I – let me say this. I focus more on being authentic authentic than I do on trying to get people to see that I'm authentic. You know, the word hypocrite refers to someone who's playing a part in acting, and I think in order to get that really out of our minds, we have to get out of our minds that we're in a performance I think the world would be so refreshed if they just saw us being genuine and authentic without worrying about trying to appear genuine and authentic. I think so many things happen when we focus on how something looks than how something really is. That's how that's the beginning of I think pretentiousness. I think that's the beginning of setting the mindset. I I remember I've shared this on here before. I had a good friend. We used to work in a youth group together working with young uh, teenagers, teaching them about the Bible and so forth. And we talked about this very thing. And he would say, you know, how can people see? And, and look, there's not, I'm not saying there's no truth in this. Our job as Christians is to share the gospel. Our job is to be, uh, to let people see Jesus in us. But I think instead of focusing on what they see, we should focus on what we should do. That's what I think. And so we used to have that argument, I guess, in a friendly way. I said, I think if we spend more time being authentic, doing what we believe God wants us to, to do, being prepared to articulate why we're in a much better position than if we simply say, what is the thing that looks the right, you know, looks right here? There's a lot of things that looks right, right? Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful, put together on the outside, but you're dead on the inside, that is my problem with that. And the other thing is people – look, the mind will justify what the heart desires. Some people in their minds have already uh, – or excuse me, in their hearts decided that Christianity is a bunch of nonsense, hooey, and that it will, no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, and if our measure is always on what they see, we're never going to feel full, be fulfilled. But if instead our focus is on what we should do – no matter what happens, go and tell. That's the that's the command. Go and tell. Now, there's also verses about you know not doing something that causes someone to stumble. I'm not saying to be haphazard and flippant about this. I am simply saying if the focus is put more on being genuine and sincere instead of putting on some sort of a show um, and being prepared to explain to people. I do this on a regular basis. Um, explain. 
things to those who engage with me about this. But anyway, the other thing is here is if Biden succeeds, we all succeed. I want to pause that. I want to hit a massive pause button on that because that is not a true statement necessarily. It reminds me back in 2008, I remember, or 2009, I guess, after the election, Rush was asked, Rush Limbaugh was asked to write, I forget what he said, 500 words, some, some number of words, uh, editorial for some publication about um, his hopes for, an Obama administ- for Obama's administration, right? Because that's back when the world was unified because you know, everyone had gotten behind this this uh, man, this uh, who, who was going to be the first black president. Everything was going to be fantastic. We were going to see peace on earth and, and utopia ushered, and that was the narrative back then. It sounds hard to believe, given uh, for those of you who just have entered the political fray and watched how the media has treated Donald J. Trump for the past four years. But that's how we tra- taught, or I should say, that's how we treated. Uh, Barack Obama when he was president, and his 100-day honeymoon turned into an eight-year honeymoon with the media. But anyhow, anyhow, the idea, Rush, Rush said, I don't need 200 or 500 or 1,000 words. I need four. And the public, I forget the publication at the time. They said, what do you mean? He says, my four words are, I hope he fails. Oh, this set off a firestorm. What do you mean you hope he fails? What do you mean you, you hope the first black American president fails or whatever? Of course, it was nothing to do with that. It had to do with his ideas. He said, look, if his ideas succeed, what he wants to do, if those ideas succeed, America fails. America as founded is no more. America as founded is at risk with the ideas of President Obama. That's what Rush said in 2009. And that's what I think needs to be said here to Pastor Robert Jeffries, again, who I have a great deal of respect for. I think he's wrong. He's right in a lot of this as he talks about God and who God is and God's eternal sovereignty and that sort of thing. But he's wrong on a couple of key areas of application. And perhaps the biggest here is this this idea that if President uh, President Biden succeeds, God, I don't even if if allegedly the President Biden succeeds, we all succeed. That is factually incorrect. That is, if President Biden, God forbid that ever be the case, if Biden actually succeeds in implementing his ideas, the new the new Green Deal or whatever he wants to do to change health care or raise taxes, folks, that hurts you. That hurts America, and that is not a good thing. I don't care how much success Joe Biden has. That is not good for the American people. Time out is in order. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, folks. I guess, I guess I've just echoed the sentiments that got Rush Limbaugh in trouble back in 2009. That I don't, I don't want Biden to succeed. We don't know a lot about Biden's ideas. I don't want him to personally fail. I just don't want the ideas that he is implementing or that he tells me he wants to implement, the ideas that I hear his party talking about. I don't want those ideas to succeed because if those ideas succeed, they and it means failure for America. That's what it means. It means failure for this, the greatest nation 
on earth. And that is simply not acceptable to me. And we will fight those tooth and nail all the way, no matter what. So can pray for the guy, all of that, except reality. If it comes to that, it hasn't yet. But anyway, got to go. SDG. Take care. See you tomorrow.